Hey guys, welcome back to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. If you're living a life where you hate going to work every day, we want to teach you how you can build your own business to build a life that you truly love. And today, we're going to do that with a live masterclass, which is 150 people who are actually out there working this business model themselves. They're going to cover some wins. And then we're going to have a guest speaker, Jerry Norton, who's been a full-time real estate investor since 2004, and he's done thousands of deals all over the country. And he's going to walk us through, in his eyes, the phases of wholesaling real estate, which is a strategy that's very popular for getting into real estate without using any money to buy an actual property. And you can make big checks like $20,000 in a pretty short amount of time if you follow these right steps. And he's going to take us through the phases of wholesaling. So proof of concept being step one, all the way up to being in the 1% club where there's people out there using this business model to do a million dollars in revenue per month. So if you guys have gotten any value from this podcast so far, please make sure you're subscribed and then drop us a review. It helps us make more content to get you to financial freedom. And enjoy this episode of the Masterclass. If you want to attend a Masterclass, we've actually got that available for all of our Deal Machine Pro members and you can sign up at dealmachine.com. The Deal Machine REI Podcast. Everything you need to know get started in real estate investing. Well, welcome everybody. We're, we're on you don't, right you don't want the guy who's... <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah. It's like, it's, <laughs> like, it's like hiring a tile contractor. You don't want to hire the guy that's learning on your job, right? Yeah. That's like your wisdom. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, well, we, well if you guys is, didn't right? know to... oh, oh yeah we we've got a very special guest jerry norton and uh he's coming to us today from his car he just drove his son to get his wisdom teeth pulled jerry you were just breaking up there for a second but i think we've got a strong signal now but just wanted to explain why we were talking about wisdom teeth when you guys had <laughs> all joined in really jumping you guys in yeah <laughs> uh yeah Jerry's almost, he's almost to his uh, end location here. He said as well. So, uh, but I appreciate you, all, you join us on the go, man. And, you know, uh, always making it happen. I know we've had you on a couple of times and uh, yeah. back, back by popular, popular requests for sure. So, and he is popular because we got 108 people uh, on the call already and there's more joining. So Jerry always great. brings a great crowd. Thanks for being here, Jerry. Awesome. Love being here with you guys. I love your audience. Love you guys. Great. I'm, I'm thankful. So, Appreciate you. Yeah, so I, I got to say, though, when you and I saw each other in, in San Antonio, uh, I know that you had complimented our group. And then you were specifically like, man, that guy, Paul Myers, he asked the very best questions. And I saw him on here now, so I had to mention it. <laughs> What's up, Paul? Oh, oh yeah, Paul, you're Paul's muted, but I saw your mouth move. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Good to see you, Jerry. Hope your hotel project's going well. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think I owe you a follow up on uh, doing some stuff together. Absolutely. So I'm, excited. No rush, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. Keep do like Matt and follow up with me a lot. That's how Matt gets stuff done with me. He, <laughs> he, won't, he won't leave me alone. I, I have no choice but to do it because like I'm like, man, I got to do it because Matt won't leave me alone if I don't. <laughs> hey, hey, Adam, I'll reconnect with you. Adam Colburn in North Carolina just said, Jerry is the GOAT in all caps. His YouTube channel was my gateway to wholesaling. So that's a comment from Adam there. Nice. Awesome. 
Awesome. That's, that's great. Well, uh, now, what do you got in store for us today? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can kick us off over here. Um, for yeah, I'm, just oh, uh, ahead, sorry, Matt, just, I'm about five minutes from home. I do hit this like dead zone. If I drop, I'll come right back in. But okay. I'm literally like five minutes away from a really good spot. So, but go ahead. Perfect. Yeah, we, we've got a, a few minutes uh, of stuff to take care of before we uh, kick it over to you. Okay. It's that perfect. Um, but uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, again, we've got a lot of new people on here for the first time. So uh, fantastic. Love to see the fresh, fresh new faces here. Um, on our side, again, if you have uh, deal machine specific questions, uh, we do have our head of customer success on here, Ryan. He hosts office hours every single, uh, well, four days a week. So, you know, most days, most most weekdays here. Uh, and he put those just in the chat right now. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that, man. So if you have deal machine specific questions, that's really the best place to go for that. Uh, for these, every single Wednesday, if you have not been on these before, um, for everybody, uh, you know, that's that's jumping in here, your, uh, you know, current deal, deal machine customers, uh, we really focus on investing in you guys as well over here at Deal Machine, really help you kind of build your, your team, your network, you know, really help you educate yourself. And that's what these Wednesday calls are all about is bringing in people that are world-class like Jerry Norton here to come on and teach you something related to real estate, you know, help you kind of really level up your real estate business, level up your knowledge, level up your team's knowledge. So that's what today's all about. It's about our guest, Jerry. You know, today he's going to be really talking through the five phases for building your, your wholesaling business and really how to identify which one you're in, how to level up to that next one and what that roadmap to long-term success looks like. So really, really excited about that today. Uh, before that, we've got a couple of things here. One I wanted to mention, uh, we have a, a networking spreadsheet that are all people that have been on these before in the past or are you know currently on today. Uh, Ryan, if you could drop that in the chat, if you haven't already, it's just uh, dealmachine.com slash elite right there. And uh, those are all people that are, you know, uh, building a real estate business. They might have have one, you know, uh, that's a, a machine going right now and really humming like like Paul over there, right? <laughs> uh, or, or there might be somebody who this is their first one of these and are jumping in and just getting started. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of people taking this seriously and other people you can be meeting to, to kind of do deals together. We've had a ton of people on this call connect from those before. So make sure to take advantage of that resource. Um, you know, we also have a Facebook community group as well that Ryan can put in the chat as, uh, too, that I know has been continuing to get uh, more and more involvement there. It's a great place to ask questions, you know, learn about, uh, you know, specific things within Deal Machine, yes, but also network with each other too and help each other out there. And then uh, last thing I do want to mention is for all of these in the past, we've probably done this you know, almost a year and a half now. We've been doing this every week for quite a while. Again, we've had Jerry on uh, three or four times himself for all the past masterclasses. Uh, if you want to access those, there is a content portal that you'll need to log into that Ryan's, Ryan has access as well. Or uh, you can subscribe to David's podcast. David, if you want to put that in the chat as well. Uh, David publishes kind of a best of list of these and uh, really kind of curates the best ones we've done in the past as well. So uh, don't miss that there. So you've got you know, your networking sheets, your, your, uh, you know, past content there, your different resources to tap into. So I wanted to make sure to lay that all, all out for you guys before we uh, jump in today. So, um, David, do you want to, do you want to kind of lead, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the, uh, sharing good vibes here and, and sharing big wins? hundred <laughs> percent. We have 138 people on the call. And so I know that there's been something positive that's happened in the last week. I know there's a few people on this call that would love to share something like that. So if you have something like that, uh, feel free to unmute uh, or throw your hand up using the Zoom tool. 
And we would love to hear that. It, it's so impactful to hear from others um, that are having success or on the same journey as us. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you close the deal. If you did, let us know. Um, but even if you've made some progress taking baby steps towards that goal that you have, uh, we would love to hear that. So it looks like Kiefer, uh, he's, he's got something to say. Kiefer, let us know. Hey, David. Uh, so as it says, I'm closing my next deal on uh, on Monday. It's going to be 5K. Uh, I found it by talking to people again. Um, so I had actually let my coworkers back in Walmart know whenever I was working there that what I was doing and everything. And uh, one of them had let a friend know and that friend messaged me and I went and uh, viewed it Saturday, uh, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before that, and uh, got it under contract for seven thousand. It was fire damage. So, and then I didn't take pictures of it that day because I had a lot going on. I was actually about to go visit uh, my girlfriend, now fiance. Uh, she was graduating Marine Corps boot camp, and uh, I went back the next day and took pictures of it and was talking to the neighbor and let them know what I was doing and everything like that. And they actually ended up later that day texting me and was like, Hey, look, I want to buy that property. And uh, I told him like, I was like 12,000. All right. with you like kind of a thing? Cause I'm not really sure with her, like being buyer and everything, but she said, yeah. And went the next day and got it from, uh, got a loan from the bank and, we're working it out and the closing date is Monday. So amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear from you next week. Uh, if you, if you close the deal and made the five grand, that's amazing. Thank you. Of course. And thanks for sharing too. It looks like next up we've got Jason. Uh, why don't you let us know what you got going on, Jason? Yeah. So, um, actually the, I started buying real estate about a year and a half ago, worked with an investor for a few years, managed his managed about 150 flips for him before I started buying. Then I joined an investor focused um, title company as well. But the only off market deal I've gotten so far was my Airbnb last summer. Uh, we got that up and running. Um, it grossed almost 7K last month. And then we just finished the refi on it. And so we bought it with HELOC. So we were able to pay ourselves back, put 10K tax-free in personal savings, put 10K in business, and uh, it appraised at 518 and we're all in 225. So uh, that, was a, that was a huge, huge win for us. Made it through a tornado and a forest fire, a tree falling on it, like through this whole process. So yeah, it was, it was nice to get that one. 518 and, and 225, you know, the difference there is over a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have you made that much money before? That's an insane amount. No. Of, uh, holy cow. No, that's so when we're not selling. So it's the Airbnb. So it's yeah. just, so yeah, that, that's our biggest win right now. But I was at another event this weekend, handed a playbook. They use deal machine as well. And like, I'm in the Burr Investment Academy as well. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I paying wholesalers for these deals? So that's why I joined this Saturday and finally got my deal, deal machine. So that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad that worked out for you. Great story. Yeah. Congrats again, man. Really quick reminder too. I, uh, if you want to put in the chat where you're based out of as well, I know we're sharing out that link for uh, the networking spreadsheet, but it always helps to throw that in the chat. And that way you guys can be connecting directly as well through there. 
but uh, great job, Jason. I saw one more hand raised too. Paul, Paul, did you have something to, here you go. Yeah. Um, shout out to Jerry. Uh, we've had this year, I was just looking at the numbers, 93 leads from agents so far. Um, not listed properties. I'm talking direct referrals from agents and closed nine deals from it and made 221 grand with $0 in marketing spend. So agents work. Wow. That's no joke. That's incredible. Good for you, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. Who said that? Who was that? That was Paul Myers. Oh, Paul Myers. Okay. Well, geez, of course, Paul Myers. Of course, he's going to hit it out of the ballpark. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect any different. Also, Jerry, I know you've always pushed, uh, you've always pushed to do fix and flips at higher ARVs. I set a personal record last month. I sold a flip for resale price of $565, which is pretty big in my market. And I netted $102. And I have another flip in process to list in mid October where I'll be listing it for 775. So I've continued to move this year from the 350 range to the 565, 775 range, which is exciting for us. That's really exciting. I hope, Paul, that you make your new minimum profit six figures, like from here on out on your flips, on your fix and flips. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible, good for you. And tell me if I'm right, same amount of time, work and energy, a few more zeros, but same same effort to do that deal as yeah. a tight deal. Might might bring in an interior designer. Might get it staged. Those would be the only two differences, and even that is an extremely minute increase in effort. Yeah, because you you still have to buy it. You still got to fund it. You still got to put a kitchen in, right? All the same things. Just make hundred grand now instead of twenty grand or twenty five grand. That's right. Fascinating, That's an awesome win, and an awesome lesson too. Uh, keep us up to date on those agent referrals, Paul. I know that's a strategy. It seems like you keep, uh, even doubling down on, I enjoyed our convo about it earlier this week. Absolutely. Brother. When you, when you don't have to spend any money, it, uh, it's an easy way to get one. We got a couple more wins. Just wanted to get through real quick here before we turn it over to Jerry. So Nick Rogozinski, uh, why don't you go ahead? And then after that, we'll hear from Adam Colburn. Yeah, I did a very, uh, a very quick. Uh, wholesale deal on a subject too. Um, just this past week, I I got it actually from uh, a gal that called about my previous one, and I wholesaled a, a different uh, subject too. And she she said, "Well, I got this deal. She's new, and she didn't know what to do." And so I said, "Well, how about this? I'll I'll do the deal for you, and we'll and we'll JV it and split it." So I went out, met the guy, signed it on the spot. Walked out, called my one of my buddies from our local area, and said, "Hey, where are you? Come look at it." He, you know, he was an hour away. I waited because I was an hour away from home, so I waited. Uh, he came, we signed it, we, like, we made fifteen grand and split fifteen grand in about two hours of work. Please open up your podcast app right now and leave us a review and let us know what you thought of this episode. It means so much because the reviews help us get in front of more people. And the more people we can get in front of, the more we can help them achieve financial freedom. And we also get more energy to put more content out like this to help you. So by leaving us a review, it will give you more content to come to help you along in your journey.
thank you so much. So you got a subject to, which if you don't know what that means, um, it's like a problem property that you buy, but instead of getting financing, you kind of just take over payments on their mortgage, right? Yep. Yep. And yeah, then you, you, over the you, you said, uh, yeah, you said you made 15 grand on this deal in yes. terms of the, uh, did you, did wholesale. you, you, you wholesale it to somebody so else? That's the yep. Yeah. To sign, the, to sign the contract. That's amazing. So if, if there's a, a property that doesn't have a ton of equity, uh, you could wholesale it by also doing uh, subject two. So great example of that, Nick. And I'm Thanks. glad that you were able to make 15 grand on that. Uh, yep. Adam, Adam, what was your win? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. All right, cool. Um, so we closed a 15K assignment deal this morning. Um, but the biggest win is I just got um, a verbal agreement on seven single family homes in Tampa, seller financed, uh, $2.3 million purchase with 10% down, zero interest. So we'll gross cash flow as is 4,500 bucks a month, which is super exciting. Whoa, that's amazing. So seven at one time? Yep. So the guy wanted to sell his whole portfolio or a good chunk of it. Um, he's just looking to retire. It's typical tired landlord. And uh, I just asked if he'd be interested in financing it. And he said yes. And uh, we just kind of put the terms together. And uh, yeah, so 10% down, 0% interest, advertised for years without hearing. And uh, all the properties are within a mile of each other. There's four major hospitals in Tampa. So we can, we can convert probably all of them, if, if not most of them, um, to like a midterm rental. And probably triple our cash flow, but as is, we'll we'll net probably three thousand a month, as is. Well, congratulations, man. Uh, that's you, really man. inspiring that you're able to do seven at once. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, easily <laughs> triples our our portfolio in one deal, which is awesome. Uh, I just wanted to share something real quick before I hand it back off to Matt. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys I was really excited about. Uh, a deal that I was going to buy for 274. Um, and I was expecting to flip it and make about $50,000. Um, the last minute uh, on closing day, the seller actually said that they, uh, they weren't going to do the deal anymore. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, we have a contract together. So uh, I ended up getting an attorney. Uh, and then they said, they'll give me 15,000 to get out of the contract. But um, I was like, hey, I, I want to get 50,000, you know, because, you know, I had the money lined up. I had uh, the inspections done. You know, my people were expecting the work and all that. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting, but I, I have an attorney, so he's he's going to go see to it. I think that uh, the deal closes, but I'm curious, Jerry, have you ever encountered anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, so So explain that to me again what that issue is? Yeah, they uh, just on closing day, they uh, refused to sign their documents. Yeah. And, you, and you're not sure what's, what's their issue is? Um, well, I think they got another offer, but they had a contract with me through my agent and their agent. So everybody saw the deal, saw the price, right? They didn't, back, they didn't try to back out until the, the closing day. And are they willing to forfeit earnest money or how are they treating that? Well, I'm the one who paid the earnest money. Okay. 
Yeah. So they're, so they got no skin in the game. I mean, that's the problem. If, if there's no this skin is, in the game. Well, no, this is a seller. This is a seller. It's no longer trying to allowing. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. It wasn't a buyer trying to back out. It was, it was somebody selling me their house. So the seller's backing out. Correct. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Now I've had this happen a few times and here's the thing. Um, if that were to go in front of court, right, that seller would really lose. So there's, when a buyer backs out of a contract, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are taken into consideration because you can't really force somebody to sell. But when a seller backs out, that's usually, there's some serious ramifications for that. And I've had that a few times. Um, typically if I threaten to sue and I bring a lawyer and I have a lawyer send a, a pretty strong letter and almost every situation, the seller's right back on board because you, you cannot be a seller and back out of a contract because you're not, there's nothing for you to do that would give a good reason why you would back out. Like there's no justification for accepting an offer and then backing out later. They, they'll never have a good reason for that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, it depends how aggressive you want to be, but I, I tend to get aggressive when that type of thing happens, unless, unless they've got a compelling reason that I, that I feel is justifiable. But if there's not a compelling reason that's, that makes sense, like, you know, it's grandma and she didn't know what she signed kind of thing, or is it just, Hey, we, we got a better offer and now I want to go with somebody else that ain't going to fly. Right. Well, cool. I'll, I'll let you know how it plays out. Um, I, okay. I did end up getting an attorney, uh, okay. To, okay. Kind of handle it from here. Yeah, you're doing the right thing then. File a memorandum and affidavit with the county. Have you done? I that did yet? that too. Okay. Yeah, it puts yeah. the cloud in the title. They can't sell without you. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, I, I found something called a notice of interest, and then I had the title agency that I was working with file that, so that way they couldn't sell it until we settle this uh, disagreement. You're good. Thanks, thanks, Johnson. So Matt, do you want to give uh, an intro and overview about what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, I was going to say it barely needs an intro here, but uh, we got we have Jerry back on again. Thanks again for for coming on, man. Always always love having you on here. Uh, just quick little intro. Jerry is a flipping genius, you know, having uh, flipped hundreds of properties himself all across the U.S. He went from digging holes in construction for minimum wage in his twenties to becoming a self made millionaire by the time he was eight or by the time he was he was thirty. And now today has one of the top real estate channels in the world and is, you know, taught millions how to invest through that. So um, today we're really going to focus on, I know, uh, Jerry, uh, you know, kind of going into this, our goal was to, to go through the, the five phases of building your real estate wholesaling business, um, how to identify where you're at in that process, how to level up to that next one and kind of give our, our, our members the roadmap. So um, Jerry, feel free to take over from here. And, uh, you know, if you have questions, put them in the chat. David will be running that uh, as we go through this, but uh, excited to have you on, man. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm really excited about this topic. It's something that I'm very passionate about. It's something that I'm really living into quite a bit in my own business. And I'll explain a little bit about some of the things that I'm doing that are very aligned with these different stages or phases of a wholesale business. And for you guys that uh, if, if we haven't announced the topic, I want to talk about the five stages of a wholesale business from initial to you know the ultimate dream wholesale business and what it looks like to go from here to there. Um, and again, this is coming from a lot of experience with um, not just my own experience with my own business and not just working with you know students that I kind of help transition through these phases, 
but actually I'm in the process of taking several partners from these phases all the way from the beginning to the end. Uh, so this is a very integral part of like where I'm at in, in my journey in real estate as well. And so when you can understand really what it takes to go from, you know, start to killer machine, right? And, and you can see the transition points, even if you're brand new right now, even if you're listening and you're like, man, I'm, I'm in that phase one, I'm trying to get my first deal. I, I haven't even done my first deal yet. If you have this context, I think it will be completely life-changing to how you build your business, where you go from here to there and there to there and move along. Um, I wish I would have had this big picture understanding when I got started, because I think it would allowed me to really have the right expectations as I got in and moved along. Um, because I think the reality is, or what happens is, is when we start anything new, a, a real estate business or any business or any new endeavor, Initially, we go through like this fantasy phase or like honeymoon phase where we're just so excited and the learning is propelling us forward because there's so much dopamine about learning all these new things and there's all this excitement. And then what happens is, is fairly quickly in, we realize that it's a ton of work. It's a grind. It starts to get boring and monotonous and painful and all the things, right? I mean, you guys, I see smiles like you guys are like, oh my gosh, I totally know what that is. You hit that uh, sucky phase, and then what happens is reality sets in. You start to kind of settle, or set. You get you get your you start to realign expectations, and then I think after that you sort of like settle into the reality of business, and it's up and it's down and it's hard and it's not as easy as you ever thought. And so you know how understanding like there's this emotional roller coaster we go through, and uh, and really owning that, living into that is key. So I, I've got a couple slides here, Matt. I don't know if uh, if we could. I don't want to keep them yeah. up the whole time, but maybe we could pull up and uh, and uh, do you mind, Matt? Like transitioning back and forth. Is that? Yeah, that'd be fine. You should be able to share your screen there. Hopefully, at the okay. bottom. Um, so if I click uh, share screen, and then um, PowerPoint, I think that's what we want, right? And then share. There we go. Okay, you guys can see that. Yep. Yes. So let's talk about um, phase one and what I call phase one in a wholesale business. Now, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this very specific to wholesale, but the concepts apply to any, anything business-wise. So if, you're, you know, if your goal is to own rentals or have a multifamily portfolio or whatever it is, take the same ideas here, but I'm going to make it very specific to a wholesale business so that you can really grasp the idea around this. So phase one is that proof of concept and and that's a very common thing we talk about in the industry. And it's really just doing your first deal, right? Doing that first deal. And what I recommend is you do your first deal with zero or very low cost strategies. And so like Paul Myers talked about uh, working with agents. I'm a huge fan of that because it doesn't cost you anything. It's work. It's a lot of follow-up. It's a lot of outreach, but it doesn't cost you anything in terms of marketing budgets, even if you have a marketing budget, I highly recommend not spending money initially in the business. Start to get good at just at just doing zero cost or low cost strategies. So agent outreach is a great one. Driving for dollars, which is what all of you guys do really well. That's a very low cost other than your time, right? And some gas money, but you're not spending thousands of dollars to generate leads. It's other than some gas money, some cost, some time there that, you know, that has cost for sure. 
but I mean direct dollars to a marketing channel, it doesn't. And that's very powerful in the beginning because my my idea around proof of concept phase one is I don't really care how you get there. Just get that first deal done. And I don't even care how much you make. If it's $500, $1,000, $5,000, it's not about the, the profit. It's about going through the process of transacting because what you will learn in that, in that proof of concept doing the first deal, what it really is doing is it's allowing you your internal compass, right? Your, your nervous system, the doubt inside your mind, it allows you to dissipate that, right? It allows you to say, oh, well, this actually is a real thing. I'm not just listening to Paul Myers who's done deals or, or David or Matt who are telling me that it works. I actually now have proof in my own life that this works. Uh, so that's, that's phase one. I think everybody can kind of see that. Again, I don't care if you do throw out all the principles of, is it the best use of your time and all those things? None of that matters. What matters is how quickly can you get to your first deal and what do you need to do to get there? And if you're not there, then everything else I'm going to talk about is meaningless because you have to get to at least proving to yourself that this works. Okay. It's a mental thing that has to happen that will allow you to now do phase two. And phase two is what I call the lone wolf. And this is an owner operator. This is you wearing all the hats. You're the janitor and the CEO, right? You don't have a team. You don't have resources. You don't have a lot. Maybe you've got a spouse helping you, but you're basically a one person show. And as a lone wolf in a wholesale business, you can do one, two, three deals a month without any team, any help, any admin, nothing. You can, I mean, you're going to be working, right? Uh, but you're going to, you can run around out there and do two, three deals a month on average. And what that's going to turn into is it's going to turn into about 250,000 a year in revenue. Um, now, this is basically a self-employed person, solo operator. Really, all you've done is you've traded your old job for a new job. Now, if the old job paid you 50 grand a year, I, that first success story was like Walmart, then 200, 250,000 a year is amazing. I mean, you're already in the top income producers in the country at 250,000 a year. So this is amazing. I mean, you can actually do 250,000 a year fairly quickly. That's two to three deals a month, averaging around, you know, five to 10,000 in assignment fees. Uh, I recommend you do that on market because again, that's zero marketing costs. So you don't have a marketing budget. You don't have any moving parts for that. It's just you running around driving for dollars or agent outreach or some of these other things, maybe you're cold calling directly, some of those things. But at this phase, you're a lone wolf. Now here's the problem. Problem. The real problem right now is when we go to phase three, because phase three is going to be a real setback. It's going to be really tough. And it's now taking the idea of, okay, I no longer want to be a solo operator. I want to transition into a business. And the only way to transition into a business is now you're going to have to build a team. You're going to have to take on overhead. You're going to have to spend money on marketing. You're going to now enter into a phase that is scary. It's hard. You're not developed yet as a real leader or a business owner. And what happens is, is when most people go to phase three, is they, they hit that wall and the learning curve is big and they realize very quickly that they made more money 
net in your pocket in phase two. So what happens is, is they go to phase three, they start to take on overhead, they take on marketing costs, they take on team costs, and they go, man, I'm making 500 grand a year in my wholesale business, but my take-home pay is less than 250. What am I doing in phase three? This is stupid. I'm going back to phase two. And so they go backwards to phase two because phase two made them more money and it was easier. Life was easier. Yeah, I got to work hard, but at least I didn't have all these problems I've got with employees. And man, I spent money and it didn't do it. I spent, I spent $5,000 in marketing and it didn't get me a, a deal. And, and so I'm going to go backwards and think about it. This is all business. This is why 80, I think it's probably higher. I, I saw a statistic that said 80% of business owners in America are solo operators. They're owner operators. And this is why going to that next phase is really challenging. And it, I call this phase where money goes to die <laughs> because what's happening is, is you're dumping money into this phase and it's not producing you results fast enough. And so it just ends up being a waste of money. And uh, I got this, I named it this because uh, what happened was, is uh, some of you guys know that I'm trying to transition in my real estate business in one aspect of it, at least into hotels in Puerto Rico. Uh, hotels, if you don't know, you get a lot of benefit, just like a multifamily, similar to a multifamily, but in Puerto Rico, you add on all these other additional benefits, which make it just an absolute home run. Well, my first hotel is a 22 unit. Now it's got a restaurant and, a, and some other things going, but it's a boutique small hotel. And so I don't know anything about hotels. So I do what you guys should do and what I coach to do and what I'm sure David and Matt tell you to do, which is when you don't know somebody, get a mentor. And so I got a mentor on the hotel business. And the very first thing he said, he said, tell me about your first hotel. And I said, it's 22 doors. And he says, under a hundred doors is where money goes to die. And I said, well, what do you mean? It's where money goes to die. <laughs> like I invested in this hotel and I don't want to lose money. He said, what happens is, is you're so small that you have no leverage. And the work and the team and the overhead and the software cost and the, and the management system and the all the things are just as much for 20 as it is for 100. You don't start to actually leverage resources until you get to 100 doors. It was his point. And I treat this as the same concept. In phase three, you don't yet have enough going for you to where the additional cost and overhead and headache justify being in this phase. It's only when you can transition through phase three and you go to phase four where it was worth it. So what's going to happen is you're going to take a temporary hit. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a really hard phase to be in but you cannot go to phase four until you go through phase three. You have to get through phase three. Now you can get through it you know, sooner than later, hopefully. It doesn't have to be like a long phase. For some of us, it is. For me, it was. It was like way longer than I, if I could go back in time and redo it, I, I would hope I could get through this phase sooner. But my point is, is you have to do phase three in order to go to phase four. And here's your real quick, real quick. Yeah, um, go ahead. By the way, interrupt me if you guys want to uh, participate. I'm fine with that. There were, I'm interrupting you because there's two people that had the same question. Uh, at About five minutes ago, Robert said, what do you mean by doing this on market? He said, do you mean buying homes listed on market? Um, and Kelly said she had the same question. Yeah. So going back, let me just go back to, so 
there, this isn't the only way to get to 250,000 a year without a marketing budget. Um, I just find that it's a very effective way to do it. And what I mean by on market is, I mean, you're going to reach out to agents and the agents are going to be your source of leads for deals. So what I teach to do is go directly to a listing agent who has distressed properties and you double dip or you, in other words, you let that agent represent you. They're super motivated now because they're getting both sides of the commission. This is what Paul Myers is doing. He's, he's actually going directly to the agents who have the listings, but it's not the only way. It's also just networking with agents. Um, I, have yes. a, I have one of my, one of my partners does all of his deals through agents, but none of them are listed properties. It's all off market pocket listings. That's right. And so those agents are referring him their, their leads before they get listed for sale. So however you do it, the point is, is you're using real estate agents who are spending marketing dollars to get in front of distressed sellers and they're bringing you those leads and then you're buying them and assigning them or you're contracting them and assigning them. It's, it's uh, using their efforts to bring you leads that you then wholesale. That's on market in a you know, broad perspective. Okay. Why I like that so much is because agents are spending the money doing marketing. They're sitting down with sellers at the kitchen table. They're networking. They're doing all of that. You're not doing that. And you're leveraging their work to get you deals. That's the point. Does that make sense? The only thing that's genius about it, it's not easier. You know, you don't even make more money doing it. I mean, your assignment fees aren't bigger or any of those other reasons. The sole benefit, there's two really big benefits to on market. They're bringing you deals, so it doesn't cost you anything. So zero marketing budget. And two, it's a referral business model. So as you build relationships, those agents keep bringing you more deals in the future. Those two things make it phenomenal as a lead source, right? Repeat business, and it doesn't cost you anything. I love that. But you're going to see here in a minute, that's not the end game. In fact, if you make on market your only play, then you're going to actually cap out. I'll talk about that here in a minute. But does that answer that question, David? It does answer it for me. Uh, of course, Robert, Kelly, or anyone else, if you want to follow up to that, just let us know in the chat. But I think that was a really great answer. And, and Robert just said yes, and Kelly too. Okay, yep. Uh, but again, it doesn't have to be that. It could be, you know, I know a lot of people that do the same type of thing with uh, driving for dollars. The challenge with, uh, with, uh, with driving for dollars and on market is you're going to hit a scalability issue usually because you can only drive so many neighborhoods and there's only... There's only so many agents in a given market. So at some point, if you want to keep scaling, then there's only you, you have to start to implement other marketing strategies that do cost money. So I tell all my partners that I build these businesses with, we don't ever stop doing on market. We don't ever stop driving for dollars. What we do is we start to leverage those channels. So now what you do is you start to get other drivers for you. And I know, I know Deal Machine has tools for that. You stop driving, you get an army of drivers, right? Or you start to do things like uh, like a virtual driving for dollars. Uh, same with agents. You got now someone on your team that's doing the agent outreach and the follow-ups, not you. And now that's how we kind of start to scale. Okay, does that make sense? But if you think about it, if a wholesale business is geographical, ge geographical, geographical, geographical. So meaning that, if you want to, if you go to another market, it's like a totally another business. It's an entirely new business. So you would have to start from scratch in a totally new market and treat it like a totally new business. 
So that matters in when you scale. So how do we scale within a market? We have to start doing some different things, which I'll, which I'll break down in a minute, but make sure I want to make sure everybody's clear on that. Does that make sense with everybody? When I talk about your, your marketing channels are a big part of how you scale a business, a wholesale business. So if anybody's unclear on that, you know, chime in and, and let me know. I'll, I'll kind of touch on that a little more. But uh, going back to phase three, before I move on to phase four, one thing I forgot to mention is in phase three, what I like to do is I like to introduce cold calling and text. Okay. And the reason why is because on markets free, cold calling and text is low cost. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, like you can get a list for fairly inexpensive. If you use PropWire, it's totally free. So it doesn't cost you anything. Then you need to skip trace that list. That costs you a little bit, but still very inexpensive. And then calling that list or texting that list is also fairly inexpensive. If you do it yourself, it's way inexpensive. If you hire a virtual assistant to cold call um, or and you start doing texting, you can do that strategy of cold calling and texting for it's very inexpensive. So it's like, you know, we go from free to low cost and you'll see in a minute, high cost. <laughs> uh, but once you introduce cold calling and texting, those two go together. You always text with cold call. You don't ever, it's not a very good use to do one or the other because you got the phone number. Why not leverage the phone number, cold call it and text it, cold call it, text it, follow up, right? So you want to implement a strategy where you're doing both cold calling and texting together. And I highly recommend that you're not cold calling or texting. That's not a good use of your time because we get cold callers for $10, $12 an hour and they're amazing. They sound good on the phone. They're going to work way harder than you ever will at it, right? Because you're going to get tired. They don't get tired for some reason. They're amazing. <laughs> uh, and then texting is really inexpensive. Like we pay anywhere for five, six bucks an hour for our texters. And again, they're virtual assistants and they'll do this for you. And now what happens is, is your acquisitions person, in this case, probably you at this phase, they're just working the warm leads that the, the texting and the cold calling produced. Okay. And again, I could spend a whole hour on cold calling and texting, but my point here is think about progressing through, right? You went from phase two. Now you start to, you take on costs. You're going to hire VAs. You're going to, you're going to get cold callers. You're going to be paying for skip tracing. Maybe some people are buying data, right? You're now taking on overhead, you're taking on cost. You're starting to build a team. That team needs managed. And at this phase, the biggest thing to work through phase three is you. You are the bottleneck. You are the one that's holding the business back. You are the one that's causing friction because you're your own worst enemy because you haven't yet developed into a leader. So how do you get through phase three as fast as possible? It's not you get a good list or you get a secret channel of marketing or, you know, it's none of that. It's how quickly are you developing yourself as a business owner and a leader? The faster you develop, the faster you move through phase three. Does that make sense? And it'll make more sense when we talk about phase four. Phase four is what I call the 1% club. This is the million dollar producer. This is hitting 100,000 a month now in, in assignments and wholesale income or yeah, 100,000 a month, or I like to kind of break it down into a year. This is a million dollar a year producer. So that's not quite a hundred. That's a little less than a hundred, but you get the idea. You're at a million dollar, you're, you're one of the million dollar producers, and this is 1% of wholesalers. 
So if I back up here a second, think about it this way. Proof of concept is like 10% of people who start wholesaling and learn wholesaling actually do their first deal. Of the, of the 10% that do their first deal, maybe 10% of those people actually become a lone wolf and make, make two to three deals a month, 250 a year. And we keep trickling down. Then a whole lot less make it to phase three. This is a very high attrition business. I mean, David and Matt will be the first one that tell you this, this business turns over because it's a get rich quick, you know, it falls under the get rich quick crowd. It attracts the person who wants to come in and do no work and make a bunch of money. And they quickly realize that a wholesale business is a bunch of work and they leave, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the reality of it. And then, so fewer people advance on through the phases. And when we get to phase four, the, the real difference here, how do, how do people make it through phase three and get to phase four? is they develop themselves into a good leader. Now in phase four, you attract talent. And I have a phase, I have a saying here that I like to say, which is, um, let's see, how do I say this? I like to say it, uh, I'll write this on the thing, vision attracts talent. Or another way to say this is the only way to attract talent is to have high vision. And what do I mean by this? What I mean by this is talent, meaning talented people, a killer sales guy, really good team. The only way you get a really good team and really talented people is they buy into the vision you produce, you give. It's because talented people have options. They can work anywhere they want. So they're only going to come into your organization if they believe in the vision that you're portraying about your company. So if you have a low vision and they don't feel that you have, you're going somewhere, they're not going to come on board. They'll, they'll attach to your train, like they'll hitch to your train if they believe you're going somewhere. Now, you don't have to be there yet, right? But they have to believe you're going there. As soon as you can produce a very high vision about what you're doing, your business, what you believe in the opportunities, then you'll attract really talented people. So that's the problem with phase three, right? You're not yet a visionary or a very good visionary. So you're going to have high turnover. You're going to hire your brother-in-law who's out of a job, bad move, right? You're going to go through, you're going to have turnover. And a lot of it is because you just aren't at a place to attract really talented people yet. They're going to say, why should I come work for you? I'm, I'm making really good money over here or I'm, I'm really happy over here. Pitch me on why I should make a career move and come to your company. And so part of your job in phases three and four, especially four, is to portray very high vision for what you're doing. When I have my company meetings at, phase, in, it, at this phase, we talk very little about the weeds and the mechanics and the day-to-day. -day. And more than anything, I'm trying to convince my team of why of my vision, because I know that if I can always portray a high vision for what we're doing, then they'll stay engaged in the business. They'll want to be a part. They won't want to leave because they want it because talent wants to be part of something special. Talented people want to be in an organization that's different and special and going somewhere and meaningful. It's not just about money. It's about being a part of something special. Okay. Does that make sense? Any questions on that? Okay, so 
the distinguishing factor when it comes to, well, what's happening in the business that's allowing you to be in phase four is PPC is the holy grail to marketing. So you're going to still do those other things you were doing. You're still going to do your, your agents. You're still going to do your driving for dollars. You're still going to do your cold calling. You're still going to do those things. But the way that you get to the high, high levels is you've got to introduce PPC. If you don't know PPC, PPC stands for pay-per-click. It's basically Google and Facebook advertising. All right. So Jerry. Yes. I've done two deals. Should I start doing PPC right now? No. Okay. I mean, you can, but it's a, it's very risky because uh, Google will gladly take your money and you can spend 10 grand with Google and you'll, you'll not get any results from it. And that's like, it can happen very quickly. Got it. So uh, you're saying that when you're in phase four is when you should start PPC. You can introduce it in phase three, but I, I recommend if you want to progress in a very sequential order or a natural progress, a progression, go low cost, go cheap, go free, low cost, then high cost. So another another high cost model is uh, like direct mail, direct mail. If you do it in bulk, like the way at at this level, you're going to be spending a lot of money. You're going to be mailing 25,000, 50,000 mailings a month at this level. Right. So now you're spending some money. You're like some real money at phase four. Copy. So So PPC falls in that bucket. It's very expensive, but it's very effective. The last thing you want to do is is spend a lot of money on something where you don't have dialed in processes. You don't have a good team. You don't have a good way of taking those leads, converting those leads, capitalizing those leads. So that's why I feel like people who jump into PPC too early, they usually get burned really bad. And I talk to them all the time. They're like, man, I dropped 25 grand in PPC and didn't didn't get anything out of it. It wasn't that they didn't get leads, probably. It was that they just didn't know how to manage their processes yet. Um, you know, they didn't follow up right. They didn't. They weren't right on it. They didn't know how to close properly. They, they, they maybe they didn't offer deep enough. All the things that you learn in phases two and three. The thing about it is, is a phase two lone wolf is an amazing wholesaler. They're really good at wholesaling. They figured it out. They're doing two to three deals a month. Phase three is a really good wholesaler. Just not a good leader, but a good wholesaler. Phase four is where now you're really starting to understand marketing. And the challenge with PPC is we all do this is uh, your tendency is to go hire an ad, an, an agent, an agency, a PPC agency. And not only are you going to spend the money on the advertising, but you're also spending the money for the campaign manager. And so you've got, it's pretty high cost. You know, they're going to be charging you a monthly fee to manage your campaigns. Um, what I'm finding is in phase five, phase four and five, you start to see wholesale operations where they bring PPC in-house and they have a full-time campaign manager or marketing manager. And so a lot of us want to shortcut learning pay-per-click and pay-per-click's an animal and there's a lot of nuances to it. It's tricky. And it changes all the time. And you got to be, you got to be really looking at your campaigns on a daily, weekly basis. It's not just something that turns on and works forever. In fact, right now we're going through a big transition with our PPC right now because um, Google's making some changes with AI. And whenever Google makes changes, 
there's a window of like a big money grab, meaning um, your results are going to suck for a second and Google's just fine to keep taking your money. <laughs> and so we're very cognizant of these things that happen. And so like we're, we're aware of it. Uh, we're right now exactly as of this recording today, we're pausing some campaigns for a day or two because we're, we know some big changes are happening and we don't want to be taken advantage of while these transitions are happening. Now, we want to learn what they're doing. We want to be aware of what they're doing. We want to adjust accordingly. But for now, just know that it's an animal. It's a beast, but it's highly effective. And here's why. PPC produces the highest intent buyers or sorry, sellers. PPC produces the highest intent or highest motivation level of sellers. Why? Because PPC leads are inbound. They're people that are inbounding and their desperation is really high. Uh, most of our PPC leads are, you know, my foreclosures on Friday and it's Tuesday, or, you know, I'm about to lose my home next week. Or I got to get out of this property right now. What happens with, uh, let's take on market. On market is it's distressed, there's motivation, but they have time. And that's why they're listed. They have time. They can wait for an agent to find them a buyer. Let's take cold calling. You're reaching out to them when they're 90 days late on their, on their payment, right? They're, they're on a pre-foreclosure list. Well, their foreclosure deadline is six months, eight months, nine months down the road. So now what happens is we're getting people early on and now we got to do a lot of follow-up. The key to cold calling and texting is follow-up. You win in the follow-up, not in the initial conversation. So we have a long, we call it a cash conversion cycle. We have a long cash conversion cycle with cold calling and PPC. By the way, going back to cold calling PPC or cold calling and text, I mean, is your average assignment fees are 10K. Why? There's not high intent you don't get the super deep buys. Same with, same with on market. It's not the highest motivated you know, lead out there. So on market, we average five to 10,000. Every now and then we'll get a win. But if you look at anybody who's crushing it with cold calling PPC or on market, you don't see a whole lot of assignments bigger than 10K. PPC, this is where we're hitting our 40 and 50K assignments. In fact, we just did one. We just did in one of my markets, we signed them today, a 40K PPC assignment. Came in through PPC, we put it out to the market and we got huge interest and we locked up a 40K assignment with a 10K non-refundable earnest money. And it was the easiest, these are the easiest deals to wholesale because they're such good deals. I very rarely get a 40K, 50K assignment with uh, on market or cold calling. Do you guys see why PPC is so powerful? And we convert one in 10, sometimes one in eight PPC. Cold calling is one in 30, right? So you got, you, got a, a, you got a longer cash conversion cycle. You got a higher um, contract per lead ratio and you have a smaller assignment fee. So, and guys, the only reason why I'm telling you this is because I know these million dollar producers. I know a lot of them. There isn't one million dollar producer I know of where their main marketing channel is not PPC. I don't know any of them that are at the million dollar plus level that are not really doing PPC as their most aggressive marketing channel. Now they might be doing direct mail. They're, a lot of them are still doing cold calling and texting and some of them are doing agents and stuff. Some of them are exclusively doing PPC. 
Like that's all they do. So I, I, I'm telling you this because you, in your future, if you want to be in the 1% club phase four, tell your, you got to just tell yourself right now, I got, I'm going to have to dive in, learn PPC and become a pro and a master at PPC. See, see what I mean? Totally. Yeah. I, I love how you break things down too. And for those that are just looking to get your first deal or first few deals, I think it's helpful to see what's around the corner, even yeah. if you're not there yet. Look, I, I probably, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say most of the audience that I'm talking to is not just looking at wholesaling as a side hustle, you know, like, Hey, if I can make an extra five grand to pay my bills, this is awesome. I imagine that everybody listening right now wants to make this a full-time business and probably has a, a dream of transitioning into other things like building a portfolio or commercial or multifamily or other great things. Um, so that's why I'm breaking this down because if this is not just a side hustle and you want to really make this a business, I want you to see the levels you've got to transition through so that you don't get stuck in a high paying job in phase two and you're stuck there for the rest of your career. I know a lot of wholesalers. I would say the majority of full-time wholesalers are right here. They're just, they're just solo operators, right? Very few move through three and four. And then now let's go to five. Five is king of the hill. <laughs> this phase. You are the king of the hill. These are the million dollar a month producers. A month. Guys, I had no idea this existed until recently. I did not know there were million dollar a month producers in wholesale real estate. Literally doing a million dollars a month. These are 250,000 a week in assignments. And here's the, cra here's the craziest thing about it of all. It's the same size team as the phase four people doing, you know, a million a year, the phase four King of the Hill people are doing that in a month, same team, same act. Maybe they've got one more acquisitions or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's almost the same overhead, the same team as phase four. There's actually, there's actually two big differences. Two big differences is they're spending more in marketing and they're doing big, bigger assignments, okay? So all they're doing is instead of spending 10 grand a month or 15 grand a month in PPC, they're spending 50 grand a month in PPC or 75 grand or 100 grand a month. They're just spending more on marketing, which means they're driving more leads into their funnels and they're closing more deals simply because they're doing more marketing. And they've their minimum assignments these guys' minimum assignments, all of them is like 25K. They do not touch an assignment under 25K. They just don't. They, it's not worth their time. It's not worth bogging down their engine. They don't want their salespeople, their dispo people, anybody doing a 5K assignment. They've got a very narrow buy box. So they're not doing other stuff, right? They're not doing like, um, most of them aren't doing creative. They're not doing land, right? They're they're just going for the deep buy and the home run deals. And they can because they've got a massive outreach due to their marketing. So they're doing the 25 to 50K assignments every single deal. And they're no bigger than phase four. They just are spending the money and doing the big assignments. And they're doing a million a month. It's, it's just crazy. It's phenomenal. And, but this is, this is within reach. Like every single one of you listening to this right now, you can get to phase five. Isn't that exciting? I mean, that's, 
that's not much different than phase four. It's not, it's like the same thing, but just, and, and meant, I would say if I added another one, it would be uh, men, mental, what do I want to call this? I want to call this your mental thermostat. Like they just, they're thinking at a much higher level. They're thinking in terms of millions, not thousands, right? Because honestly, money is just a mindset. So telling yourself, you know, I'm going to make a hundred thousand a month wholesaling or a million a month wholesaling. It's, it's the biggest trend. The biggest change is just your mindset. Do you believe that you're capable of that? And are you thinking in those terms, once you mentally transition, it's almost the same work. That's the, that's the craziest thing of it all. It's almost the same work. It's like Paul Myers said, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing fix and flips that make a hundred grand instead of 25 grand. Well, the only thing that really changed was his mindset around it. It's, it's, a few things changed, but it's for the most part, rehabbing's rehabbing, getting the deals, getting a deal, raising money's raising money. It's all the same thing, but you're thinking now on a whole nother level. And that's the biggest transfer tra transition that these guys make. Okay. All right. Let me open this up to like questions and stuff. Tell me what you guys think of this. Jerry, a couple questions from Go Paul on. Myers and Augusta. So we're spending 30 grand on PPC over the next six months. And we chose Bateman Collective initially to outsource this to. Should we be outsourcing this initially? If not, what other alternatives do we have? No, uh, Brandon Bateman's one of the best in the business. I'm really good friends with Brandon. I actually use Brandon in several of my uh, wholesale partnerships. Uh, I don't think you'll go wrong there. He's really, really good. Um, but just to be totally honest with you, and I hope he watches this and hears this, in the back of my mind, I'm always worried because can he keep up with growth? If he's continually taking on clients, that means he's building his own team. Is he being a leader over there? Is he training his people that are going to manage your and my accounts effectively? Right. Is he going to be amazing today and not so amazing tomorrow? I'm, I'm gambling, right? You're gambling when we hire an agency. We're hoping that that agency is going to do what they promised and be good today and good tomorrow. Yeah. So I, I own that. So that's, that's a risk I'm taking that I own, but I'm also not blind to it. Meaning I'm watching very carefully and I'm looking at my ratios. And if, and if Brandon doesn't develop himself as a really good leader and bring on really good talent, that's going to stay on top of my campaigns then I know I, I might have to transition. I might have to pivot if he ever stops being so good. Is your expectation on return on ad spend for PPC in the four to five X? Yeah. Okay. Second question, if, if other companies are charging for their list building, so think about like PropStream, your, your competitors, if you will. Yeah. Um, how are you able to provide PropWire for free it seems to be too good to be true for the logical investor like myself. Yeah. How do I turn my screen? How do I stop sharing my screen? Oh, right here. Stop share. There we go. Uh, can you guys see me like normal again? Okay. Yep. Um, and what do you, and how do you address like, obviously if I switch my list, my list building to you, then you're an unknown. PropWire is an unknown for me, although you've had 50,000, however many subscribers in just the last six months of starting it. You know, how do you address the risk of change for me? Well, so first of all, uh, don't cancel your other, your other subscriptions. You know what I mean? If you don't want to. 
The thing right. about Pipewire is it's totally free. So like you've got nothing to lose to start trying it. So compare it, run run data, run searches, go through the AI, the, the user interface experience, uh, skip trace and give me feedback. Like if you're like, hey, you know what, Jerry, I, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. Um, what I'm doing is, is I've got a, I've got a very strategic business model with PropWire and I'm investing millions of my own money into this, this venture for a payout someday way down the future that may or may not ever happen. So, um, my, my goal with it is that I have millions of users using the platform. Every single real estate person under the sun is a member of, of PropWire. And if I can make it so good that they can't not use it because it's so good, then that I'll have done my job. So I'm willing to lose money hand over fist for a long time uh, because I see the end game. And the end game is I want to have every single user in real estate using this, the platform. That's the value. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of like if just because you're curious. So long term, you would convert it into a paid subscription or you would charge oh. ad revenue to external advertisers to advertise into. Property. Yeah, great question. So the model is ancillary services. So it's it's almost think of um, think of Zillow. So we can use Zillow for free, but Zillow makes money on agents advertising and right. mortgages and other things. So. Like we're already monetized with skip tracing. So we do charge for skip tracing. Yeah. So now we're bringing in revenue through skip tracing and we're going to continue to add more services. But the data and the downloads and the searching and some of the tools like uh, comping and we have an amazing, we have on-market tools in there and we've got, it's just really, really good and getting better and better. I'm so proud of it because I'm not cutting corners. I'm not skimping on my software team. And we've got a running list to keep working on making it better and better and better. Um, so the goal would be driving so many people in the front door to use the service because it's free to search and free to download that then they're like, well, man, all I got to do is click this button and I can skip trace my list. This is awesome, right? So, okay. so that's the idea there is similar to like a Zillow, make the platform free, get a bazillion eyeballs, and then offer other services. Eventually we'll offer mortgages. Eventually we'll offer, you know, maybe like setting up your LLC or a dialer or cold calling or other things that people need to use the data for. So they get okay. the data. What do they need? What do they need now to use the data better? Okay. That makes sense. Thank you so much for answering my questions. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Awesome. Great questions. Yeah. And I mean, we, we definitely, uh, you know, there's a lot of complimentary stuff to that with what you're doing with deal machine. Like we have a lot of people using both uh, in tandem like that. So it's, yeah. it's exciting to see, uh, your growth there, man. So thank you. Yeah. We'll be working with deal machine on some JV stuff at some point for sure. Uh, I, I did see so really quickly here at what would, you know, appreciate you sticking over time for a few minutes. I know David had to, uh, and Ryan had to drop for, um, something at the top of the hour here. They're uh, recording some more content <laughs> on, uh, Great, I get it. Here. But uh, on our end, I did see a couple questions around VAs. Um, do you have any more advice on uh, using them for cold calling, um, how you find reliable VAs, company or services around that? Um, you know, curious there. Yeah, so VAs is, a, is another tricky business. Um, we've moved through a lot of VA services. So what, you'll, so what you'll find in the industry is 
there are VA service providers. And what they do is they go to Egypt or the Philippines or India or wherever, and they try to collectively build a team of VAs and then provide that service to you and me. So we would, you know, ideally hire a VA that's somewhat trained, somewhat has experience with what we do, and we just plug them into our business. So that's very common. Um, it's, it's challenging to go try to find your own VA in, in you know, the Philippines, because how do you, where do you go? How do you find them? So these service providers are great, but what I found in the years since VA servicing has come available is, um, you know, they, they also have to, it's the same conversation with PPC. Are they managing that correctly? Are their VAs reliable? You know, are they going to continue to be around when I need them? And so we've gone through a lot of turnover with VA service providers. And uh, so we're working with a new company now. They seem to be doing amazing. We're going to be watching it carefully. As long as they stay amazing, we keep using them. The minute they stop being amazing, we're going to be looking for someone else who's amazing. And I get it. It's a high turnover thing, right? You're, it's overseas labor. So it's, it's, you're going to have to go through trial and error. So I'm just super aware of it, right? Meaning... If you hire a VA, just make sure you do good training. Make sure you're doing good follow-up with them. Make sure you're explaining yourself well. Know that they may be here today and not here tomorrow, and you might need to find a new one. That's just the industry. But one thing's for sure, you don't want to be doing texting that where you could hire that out for $5 an hour, $6 an hour. You don't want to be cold calling when you can get a really good cold caller for $10, $12 an hour. That's not a good use of your time. So VAs are a very integral part of a wholesale business. There's a lot of aspects of what we do that is routine, mundane. It's the same thing again and again. And those type of tasks are really good for VAs to do. A great perspective. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I know we've had on Christina Krauss a couple of times speaking to our group. It's virtual lead managers. Um, so she's another one that that uh, is kind of in the VA space. If uh, anyone wants an intro as well, but um, we've got let's see, Dion and then Billy. Uh, Dion, can you hear us? And Jerry, if you have a hard stop, yeah, hey, hey, as well. hey, I, I can I can hear y'all. Y'all can see me. Can there we go. Me? Gotcha. All right. Uh, I just wanted to tell Matt and Jerry and Matt partner, like I appreciate everything y'all did. I just saw the notification come to my phone because I just started using Dale, Dale Machine this this week. I was doing everything the hard Welcome, way. Man. You, you know, like y'all made it real easier for me and my partners to go along with our first deals and getting our progress started because I'm great at team building. I make Facebook and Instagram ad advertisements too. So I'm telling my team, like, I got them. Like, they ain't going to have to pay what everybody else is paying because if they show me the work, I'm going to give out the effort and they just going to have to stick to a part the way they want to be at. And I'm trying to build the team up, trying to make this a scalable business. I just lost a land contract. I, I first started with land. I, I lost my land contract today. I told the man he wasn't trying to um, he wasn't trying to amend my contract to give me more time. I asked him for about 10 more business days because I was telling him my partners, me and my partners had financial uh stuff that we had to handle and he was like well can you put down an earnest money deposit and i was like uh no i'm gonna have to uh skip this deal it's okay i can just void it sorry i couldn't help you though maybe next time and he was like okay maybe next time so i felt better about myself 
because I think I'm learning business and the whole aspect of it. So yeah, that's it. That's it, Matt. Appreciate the shout out, man. Welcome. Uh, welcome to this. And yeah, we do these every Wednesday for deal machine members. So, um, you know, welcome board. <laughs> All right. Thank you, man. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. Um, awesome. Uh, Billy, you want to go ahead? I saw your hand was up next. Yes, sir. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jerry. Very, hey. very good. This, I love this. How you set it aside. Definitely taking pictures. And uh, I'm, I'm in the, the number two zone, you know, trying to trying to do everything myself right now. Uh, doing cold calling and texting, but I'm not doing those together. And I, I, I realize the benefit you have the information. What do you recommend as a software to do the cold calling, the three dialer and the texting on the same platform? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, are you saying cold calling with a VA or are you saying? Uh, like I said, I'm doing everything myself right now. I'm using Red X as my cold caller for okay. a three dialer. And right now I'm using creative uh, uh, REI for uh, AI texting. Okay, so you got multiple platforms. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't have a solution as of yet. We are building in PropWire. We're gonna, where we're gonna have a cold call service and a dialer that will kind of coincide with the data, right? So we don't have that yet. But I don't, I don't see you doing anything wrong other than because there's lots of services that do those things. But find one that you like. But um, the big thing you need to do ASAP, like as soon as we hang up the phone here. Is you've got to get some VAs doing that. You you do not want to be cold calling. You want the VAs cold calling. They'll get they'll do it way better than you. And now your time is going to take those warm leads the cold callers get, and you're closing on the phone. So you're only on the phone to close. You've got to get to only on the phone to close as fast as possible. Yes, I, I need a couple of deals to come in, and that's definitely my next step. I was getting the the services set up, but I need some some more money to to support the VAs. Okay. Yeah, the the minute you can, yeah, uh, Matt put some put uh, call Porter is a great inbound. Yeah, so so the second, I mean, your next deal needs to be reinvested into a VA budget for cold calling and texting. And again, what we do is we do it we do a, a a combined process. So the cold callers they got to be good on the phone. They got to sound good on the phone. That's why they're a little more expensive. So they're ten to twelve bucks an hour as of this recording. You know, typically you're going to pay that. Um, and they're going to get through their dials. They're really great. You know, they're going to follow a script. And as soon as they, all they're looking to do is get a hand raise hand raise goes to you, you close it or see if they're, you know, like, that's all you want them to do. You want them to get on the phone. Yes. I want to sell. Great. Let me, let me have a talk to my manager. The texters are working. They're coinciding with those cold calls and they're just following up. So no one answers the phone, a text gets sent. Um, you know, whatever the follow-ups are, they're text, text, text. So they're, they're working just as hard alongside cold calling, right? And they're doing all their own follow-ups and stuff, but you want to kind of, you want to kind of tag team those two efforts. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm having issues with is I'll tag on the cold calls, wrong numbers, but they're not coinciding on my texting side to quit texting those wrong numbers. And that's why I was asking, you know, how do I combine those two, the data sources? Well, yeah. And, and, and one thing that we're doing differently right now is because of all the text um, regulation is we're not doing much blasting, you know, bulk, bulk texting. We're actually using uh, $4 VAs and we're having them copy paste 
the same text and they're one-to-one texting to our list. Okay. Now we're, now we're under the radar. We're not, we're not falling into any of the spamming laws or anything. And it's more effective because we can say a name if we've got a name. And um, anyway, it's, it's, and we're getting through, I mean, we're still doing 10,000 texts a month with VAs and it's very inexpensive and it's working. So that's another way that you can kind of text with cold calling without having to worry about some of the regulation and all the laws coming down on mass texting. And if I have a suggestion, uh, I'm using AI texting, which is doing that same thing, tagging the name and the address for every text. If you could do that on uh, on, your, on your system and combine cold calling and texting, that'd be a- What's a, your service you're using? The I'm using uh, REI Reply, the REI, REI Reply Created. There, he has, they tagged in AI on that. Okay, very cool. I'll check that out. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, Jerry, do you have time for two last questions? That's all we yeah, have, John. Let's do it. And Paul? Okay, yep. Paul, Paul, are you, uh, I thought, did you, are you still Yeah, asking? how many, how many phase four and in the continental U.S., Jerry, how many phase four and phase five firms are there? Just curious. I would say at the, well, what's crazy is, um, I don't know, and here's why. There are a lot of phase four and phase five wholesalers that are not on social media. They don't go on podcasts. You and I have never heard of them. I only know of them because I'm really good friends with uh, Rob Wensley with Investor Lift. Right. And I heard so, that podcast. Yeah. He sees them on his platform. He told me he's got a 19 year old doing a million a month and no one even knows who this kid is. And I asked him, I said, can I talk to him? And he said, he don't got time to talk to you. He's making it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. He's a 19 year old and Rob sees his back office. So he knows this guy and that's, that's real data. Cause he's, he sees the assignments on Investor Lift. Right. So um, I don't know. That's a good question, sure. but they're out there. And I, there's a handful of them that are uh, that are my neighbors in Puerto Rico and that are doing the 250 a week, a million a month. And yeah. and you'd be surprised that uh, their teams aren't very big. And but they're just they're just animals. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. Um all right. I, I know we've got a lot of really, really good questions here. We'll do Jonathan, Lily, and then I think we'll have to wrap here. <laughs> uh, so thanks for the extra time. But uh, Jonathan, go ahead. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. I was uh, wondering who would you suggest if you wanted to get your first uh, VA to do cold calling? Could you just walk me through that that process just to get one going, one rolling? Yeah, I think you just use one of these service services that are out there. I mean, we've got one that we're using right now that we recommend. I'm sure I'm sure you guys have one too, Matt, that you guys refer people to. But the I, the best way is to find one of these service providers where they'll give you one that's already trained for the phones. And so then you literally will just plug them in and you you'll have to do some adjustments with them based on what you're doing, how you're doing it. But there are they're ready to go, and there's there's a lot of services out there. Matt, do you have one that you guys recommend that you guys always refer, or no? On the cold calling side, I missed that. Yeah, cold calling. Um, there's so many out there. I mean, we hear like yeah, yeah, and there isn't like really a default one to be honest that we recommend most. Okay, so Call Geeks is one that we've used before, but I'm 
I've heard they're going through some big changes over there. So I'm kind of a little nervous about them. And then I can't remember the, the name of the one I'm, I texted my team because I don't have it right off the top of my head, but, uh, but there's one right now that we're, we've been really happy with as of late that we recommend. So, you know, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, I'll look up their info for you, but but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of them out there, VA pri- providers that that uh, can get you cold callers. Start virtual, yeah, start virtual is a great one. Yep, I've heard good things about them. That's another one. Okay, so what about uh, CRM? There's a lot of those as well. You know, if you're wholesaling and flipping, I have a CRM called Flipster. You know that you can you can try out a free trial at joinflipster.com. And that manages your, your contacts and it, it has a workflow and a lot of things like contracts and deal analyzers and things like that. But there's also a lot of really good CRMs. You know, everybody's kind of got CRMs that they like in the business. So, you know, you got to find one that you really resonate with that, that you think is good. But I'm a big fan of having this stuff. I mean, these are tools that are fairly inexpensive that will take the place of, you know, entire teams of staff. And that's what's so powerful about, you know, technology today. Yeah, I, I know uh, on the deal machine front, I mean, people will use this as kind of like a, a makeshift first CRM, but there's a lot of things that, you know, you're not going to be doing like email marketing or automation or things like that through us. So if, as you level up, you'll be wanting to look into this stuff. But yeah. Um, all right, Lily, you want, you want to go ahead really quick? Did that help Jonathan? Hopefully. It did. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. Hey, Jerry, I have a quick question. Hi. Um, So I recently have um, come across a new AI technology that provides lead generation. And this, the the contact information they provide are emails, phone numbers, and home addresses. And the software, it's not on the market yet. It's in beta test. Um, But I wonder how and it's super cheap. I mean, it, the leads are, that are being generated are anywhere from one to two dollars, depending on whether you have a website or not. Um, and it's all based on Google search. Whoever's googling something like "sell my house fast" in a in a in a, in a particular zip code, you can capture that lead. Is what the technology does. So I'm just curious how you would um, target these leads if they came across your desk especially with email, because I hear that's the most powerful way um, to capture someone's attention is through email. And so do you have like an email funnel sales process that you would recommend? Yeah, I'm surprised that people have said that. Uh, I would say that that's not for cold traffic. Um, Email is not one of the most effective because they didn't opt in. You're, if you're emailing cold traffic, like meaning cold traffic, meaning you have no relationship with them, most of that's going to go to their spam. They're not going to know who you are. They're going to delete your email. Uh, cold emailing is, is very challenging, not very effective. Now, mm-hmm. if they opt in, like if they fill out a form and they opt in and they are agreeing to communicate with you through email or whatever, then that's a different story. But so I'm not really sure. I'd be happy to check it out. What's it called? Well, um, it's not on, like I said, on the market yet available for the public. Um, it's a technology that is being developed by uh, one of my marketing coaches. And I'm not sure if he has a, a name for it yet, but um, 
his website is called Internet Dominators. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I'd have to check it out and see what they're what they're trying to do or whatever, how they're generating the leads, where they're sending them. Um, now, I mean, if they're sending the leads to your email and then you call them or whatever, just know that any type of cold traffic is 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 always the hardest because you know, you're now trying to reach out to them in some way usually, right? Or if it if it's outbound, then you're reaching out to them. If it's inbound, they're trying to they're they're trying to contact you. So I don't know how they're doing it. That's all I got. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Hey Jerry, one quick question. Um, this will be our second year at, at seven figures. So we're in the phase four, wanting to you know potentially get a phase five. Yeah. But phase five, I can't imagine. I think our top end for our market in Augusta, Georgia, with the 400,000 people would be like maybe 2.5 million if we get really good at what we're doing. I just can't imagine. I mean, like, when do you um, transition into other markets, you know, to get to that level? Um, well, if you're at 2.5 million as the population, you're, you're, you no, have 400,000 people as the population. Last year, we did 1.3 million. This year, we'll probably be just under that. Apple. And I think we could, in our market, we could get to two to two and a half million okay. just by okay. improving, but we're not getting to 12 million. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah, so you have to be in a market of minimum a, a million people to start to get anywhere near a million a month in revenue. You're going to have to be a million plus population in your market and you're at your median your median home price needs to be starting to get up there too. Like what's the, what's the median sale price of homes in that market? Uh, 300 grand. So, I mean, yeah. I think instead of going to ancillary tertiary markets like Savannah, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, we'd probably have to go West to Atlanta, Georgia, you know, which should easily be a million and have a, you know, a average sales price of probably 750 or something. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll see where these uh these these million dollar a month wholesalers, that's the other thing. They're they're all of them are in a higher priced markets. So they're in a, some of them are in California where it's easy, right? There everything's a million dollars. But if you think about it, carving out a 50k on a $800,000 house is a whole lot easier than carving out 50k on a $200,000 house. It's almost impossible. There there is a economies of scale with the price points. Right. So that's why they are in some higher price markets. So like, for example, um, one of the markets right now that we're building to a million a month is in, is in Washington, Seattle, Washington. And it, we have, we, we have so many deals that are 500 and we're wholesaling it for 550, Right. And it's got an 800 ARV. Like that's our typical yeah. deal. Okay. Yeah. 600, $700,000 houses, you know, but, we're not, we're doing very little like, oh, it's, it's a hundred thousand dollar house. And we're going to assign, we're going to wholesale it for 110. You know, you're never going to get there at that, at that level. Right. So you, if you or me, you would bypass the, the other markets that are the same size as Augusta and just go straight to Atlanta and just, and go there for that, for that level of revenue. How far away is Atlanta? Two and a half hours drive. Yeah. So you're almost opening a new market. You, you could probably pull it off. Uh, but treat that like a new market because what's going to happen is 
entirely new buyers list, entirely new boots on the ground, entirely new agent outreach, entirely new market. Because two and a half hours, you're not going to leverage the same resources where you're at as you are over there. Right. See what I mean? So you got two options. You can you can take your market now and go like this to get to you know bigger population and leverage the same resources. Think about it this way. Here's and this will be really good for you, Paul. Um, a market is no further than an hour drive away, and the reason why is because, and it needs to be a million population. And the reason why is because, let's say you get a great deal your cash buyers are not going to go more than an hour away from where they do deals. Right. They just, your, your, your buyer fallout is going to be massive because they're like, ah, oh, man, it's just a little too far. Yeah, Paul, I, you know, I don't really want to go out there and see that deal. And so now you're like, okay, well now I got to find a whole new cash buyer list. It's now I'm kind of doing a new market. Usually what happens is, is those outlier towns are like too rural and so I got no problem with rural as long as it's an hour drive from a major metro market. If you okay. hit rural, don't do rural that's outside of an hour from an, a major metro because there won't be any cash buyers that'll go look at it. And I don't care if you get the thing for 20 cents on the dollar, you're, you're never going to dispo it because there's right. one guy in town that buys, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, that's really helpful. That definitely changes kind of what, what I was thinking in terms of our two to two year strategy for where to grow. But you need this because you, if you want to get to the million a month, you got to have price point and population to get there. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. Good for you, man. Proud of you. Well, uh, awesome questions. Great, great group on here today. Um, Jerry, I really, really appreciate how, how, uh, you know, flexible you've been with your time and even on the go with the kids with the kid dealing with, uh, you know, wisdom teeth coming out, like, uh, you know, the whole community wants to say thank you. So jump in the chat and say, thank you guys. You guys are um, welcome. <laughs> uh, well, how can they connect with you by the way? Should, should, obviously you've got social media and all that, but what's the best way to get involved with you? Yeah. Just on, uh, on social media, it's flipping mastery is my brand and my, you know, my handle. So Facebook or Instagram flipping mastery on um, my YouTube channel is flipping mastery. So yeah, love that. Awesome. I love it. Jerry's a beast. There we go. <laughs> I agree. You're um, welcome, you guys. Well, uh, Jerry, again, thanks so much. I know we're going to be doing this same time, same place next week. Um, you know, we'll be talking about a variety of uh, marketing related topics then. But um, again, appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I hope to do this again soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you guys around. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate thanks, you. everybody. The gist. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.